Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Perez. And on today's episode, we have Jamie Shupp. Jamie's a nutritional therapy practitioner and Monkey Mind team member in our nutritional therapy department. So we discussed that in the early part of of our episode. And um, we discussed the work that she does and the packages that she offers on our website, monkeymindathletes.com backslash Jamie Shupp. You can go there, check out the work that she does. We'll dive into that in the early part. Um, Jamie was also a guest on episode 57. So if you want to go check out the previous conversation that we had with Jamie, it's episode 57. Um, But then we get into our main topic for today. And the topic for today is the role of fatty acids in the diet and how they impact inflammation and recovery. So that was our main topic of discussion for today's episode. So without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll get right into the episode after a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. Today we have Jamie Shupp, who's a nutritional therapy practitioner, a Monkey Mind team member in our nutritional therapy department, was also a guest on episode 57. So for those of you who want to learn more about her and the work she does, check that out. But um, yeah, welcome on. Excited to have you on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to be part of the Monkey Mind team and I'm glad to be back. So thanks for the, um, the invite. So, um, yeah, go go ahead. Um, I'm, um, excited to talk about fats today. So, um, yeah, I'll let you kick off. Yeah. So that'll be our topic for today. Um, it's gonna be the role of fatty acids in our diet and how they impact inflammation and recovery and a bunch of other things. So fatty acids is the main topic of discussion, but before we get into that, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the packages that you offer on the Monkey Mind website. Um, so for those of you who don't know, it's monkeymindathletes.com backslash Jamie Shep. So Monkey Mind is a, or sorry, Jamie is a, a team member of the Monkey Mind team. Um, so she has a landing page on there. Like I said, monkeymindathletes.com backslash Jamie Shep. J-A-M-I-E-S-H-U-P-P. So I'll give you a moment just to talk about that and what you offer on the website and um, yeah, just kind of what each package kind of kind of is and what, what people can get from that. Sure, yeah. So the first thing I like to do with anybody who's interested in working with me is offer a free 15-minute consultation just so we can get to know each other, understand your goals, and you can understand how I work and really understand each other a little bit better and see if we're a good fit. Um, not everybody's going to be a good fit with every practitioner. And I, you know, I, you may not be a good fit for my approach either. So I think that's the most important thing. 
And then uh, if we decide that we want to work together, I have what I call my warm-up package. And that includes a 90-minute consultation. And before we do that, we do an in-depth history of your health and nutrition and any sort of, you know, reviewing your wellness goals, anything you're struggling with. We might go through a seven-day food and mood journal to review and talk about, you know, what you're eating now, what agrees and and does not agree with you. And then we'll talk about what your long and short-term goals are when it comes to your nutrition and um, also just talk through any supplements you're already taking or medications and make sure that I'm aware of those things and, and to make sure there's no contraindications uh, at all. So I check all of those things and we'll review all that in our 90 minute meeting. And then I'll make recommendations, any sort of food changes you might, might try to shift any lifestyle changes. If you know, there's maybe I, a lot of times we'll bring in mindfulness practices, like we spoke about on the first episode, um, maybe some, you know, meditation or, you know, even, stretching exercises, if you're not doing those sorts of things. So we include the kind of the whole thing. It's a holistic approach and, uh, including some supplements. If you, you know, maybe have the need for supplements in your, um, that may be lacking in your, in your diet already. So that's, that goes into a a deep dive on that first visit. And then that gives us the opportunity to discuss kind of where we want to go from there. And I have what I call a training for wellness package, which includes that would probably that most people move into, although we can break that three 45 minute follow-up sessions into shorter check-in like 20 minute visits, like six 20 minute visits or three 45 minute visits. So there's some flexibility there, but uh, that would be the next step is decide what the, what the next um, move is for us in working together. Or maybe you got enough out of that that you want to try some things for a while and then come back in a few months after you've tried those recommendations. So the 45-minute sessions, we would continue talking about, you know, what are we doing for those short-term goals to get you to the long-term goals and making those baby steps because nobody is ready to jump right all the way into making big, big changes, right? And most athletes don't want to do that because it can affect your performance, right? So we want to make sure we do that. Uh, thoughtfully and carefully. And so I would support you along the way. I give people access via texts and emails if they have questions along the way about any of the recommendations or anything they're trying that, you know, is or is not working. And then um, we would review that every meeting and then make those incremental changes. But sometimes people are ready to jump all in. And I do have what I call my performance package. And that's If people are ready to just deep dive, they're having like major digestive issues or they're having major, um, you know, food sensitivities and that sort of thing, we can jump right into a functional lab uh, protocol and a healing protocol and support, which would include potentially like a stool test and an MRT food sensitivity test. And uh, this would be a three-month package where we'd have multiple meetings ongoing to review the results, to talk about the changes that you, if you need to eradicate any parasites or uh, bacteria, bacterial imbalances, uh, ways that we can bring those into balance. 
students. So this goes much deeper and it's a very targeted approach. So if you've been struggling for a long time, this might be something I would recommend to somebody who has been trying all the things and never getting anywhere, because even though it feels like you're spending a lot of money up front, you could spend that much money over the next year just trying to go through all the changes incrementally. Um, and maybe you've tried a lot of things along the way and a lot of people have. So sometimes that's the best package for people. So that's what we would decide on that that first visit, that warm up visit and um, and go from there. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I think that what the reason why I've decided to, you know, build this platform and have this as an instrumental piece, the nutritional therapy piece, because, you know, I, I've seen nutritionists before and um, kind of the way that things have been done in the past are, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just from my personal experience, but it's just kind of a blanketed eat these general foods and you'll perform better or you'll feel better. But I think that's starting to become a thing of the past. And I think more dialed in nutrition to your specific needs is better. And that's what this offers. And I feel as though, you know, when you're eating the right food, some foods may not sit well with you. And, and that does have an impact on long-term health, on mood, on your performance um, in whatever it is that you're doing. So I think that's why this is such an important piece that I wanted to add in. And I'm happy that you are able to facilitate that and be a professional in this field and offer this because I think that it is important and that it's dialed into your specific needs and, you know, how, you know, in depth it is and, or it can be, um, is awesome. And I think that people are starting to realize that it's just more than a blanketed, Hey, eat these general foods on this food pyramid that we're given, which is actually so wrong. Um, <laughs> but it's upside down, but yeah, <laughs> ex exactly, exactly. So that's why I think, um, this is super important. I think it can help anybody, athletes or people who want to perform at a high level, people who just want to live a healthier life. Um, going this in depth, I, in my opinion, is necessary if you want to, you know, be the best version of yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. And the bio-individual approach is really the way to go. Like you're saying, uh, it's not a one size fits all. And that's really the approach with nutritional therapy is to find out your pain points specifically and really target the approach for you. So, and, and every sport's going to be different too, right? Somebody who's playing hockey is going to have different needs than a endurance athlete. Um, so, you know, it really has to, that has to be taken into consideration as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I think that's awesome. And like I said, if you wanted to get in touch with Jamie, um, her landing page is monkeymindathletes.com backslash Jamie Shup, J-A-M-I-E-S-H-U-P-P. -P. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what she offers. And we're, like I said, super excited to have her on the team and, and offer this for all of you. So um, definitely take a look at that. But yeah, we'll get into our topic for today. How does that sound? Sounds great. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so the topic for today, like we talked about, was fatty acids. Um, so I don't know if you want to take the floor here and just kind of uh, sure. tell us what fatty acids are to get us started. I, I don't think a lot of people know. Um, I'm not honestly too, too familiar. Um, but I, I think that's a good, a good place to start is, you know, what exactly are fatty acids? Right. Um, great question. So I think a lot of people, this is why I, I um, recommended this topic because I think a lot of people are undereducated on how important fatty acids are. And I mean, the, in short, fatty acids are fats, the fats you consume, dietary fats that you consume. And there's essential and non-essential fatty acids. So 
non-essential fatty acids, those can be produced by the body endogenously where, um, basically your body converts essential amino acids via, you know, biochemical reactions in the body to create them for you. But then there's essential fatty acids, which are essential to your health, but they cannot be, uh, produced by your body. Um, two that I think would be really familiar to, to most people would be, uh, omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. So those are also referred to as linoleic or alpha linoleic acids. So these are two polyunsaturated fats that are essential to our health, but we have to consume them through our diet. So unfortunately, most people's diets are, you know, we were sold a, a, a kind of, I would say a lie <laughs> and an old study that was done in the fifties. Uh, there was a study, um, it was called the seven country study. And that was, uh, it really, they really handpicked data in this study to show that sat or the, con the consumption of dietary fats was causing heart disease. And really it was a time when uh, they, the scientists were scrambling to find a way out of the epidemic of heart disease in the, in the fifties. And they wanted to find something to blame basically. <laughs> and, and there was a study by Ansel Keys, the seven country study, and, uh, really it showed there was no correlation, but they handpicked da the data to make it look like there was. And unfortunately that changed the history of what we considered healthy diets in our country and across the world, really. Mm -hmm. And so we demonized fat in the diet, um, which is, which is terrible because <laughs> lack of these fats can cause musculoskeletal issues, endocrine issues, cardiovascular issues, immune issues, allergies, and skin issues, cognitive decline and depression and mood disorders as well. So um, it really impacts so many systems in our body and, um, they, you know, I guess I want to talk about like the importance of fat in the body then next, unless you have questions. So let me give you a moment to, to ask anything. Well, no, I mean, I think the points that you've wanted to talk about, um, that we talked about before this, that you wanted to hit, I think are, are perfect. And I think I just want to let you go one by one and, and kind of dive into yeah. each one and then we can kind of, you know, things arise, but, um, that is interesting about, you know, how they were scrambling for an excuse for this and went with, you know, fat and it's just kind of taken by, you know, taking the world by storm. And now it's, a, it's just this bad thing, but it's actually the complete opposite. It's very interesting, the history behind that. And, um, I didn't know that. And a lot of people didn't know that, but it's nice to have that context, um, kind of understand where that's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of that story. Um, cause it's really interesting that Ansel Keys right before, uh, the government said, Hey, let's, can we use your study? And can you be our spokesperson? He had disproven that very thing, um, in his research. So it just, it's sort of mind boggling how this all happened, but, um, but let me go into roles of fat in the body because, um, I think it's helpful to understand, you know, what fats do for us. And um, I'll go into also how that affects the recovery and in your inflammation pathways Perfect. as well. Awesome. So 
Um, so basically, one thing that's very important, as you mentioned, they provide a source of energy and they increase the satiety. So satiety being making you feel fuller longer. So by having fat, it slows that um, absorption of your food and allows you to actually absorb more proteins and um, really regulates your energy. So it's pretty cool that it does that for you. Um, also, it serves as a protective lining for our organs. Like we need organs surrounded by some fat cells in order to protect our organs in our body. Uh, they also act as building blocks for the cell membranes and for your hormones. So there are, and I'll go into it later, but there's a number of hormones that can only be produced with fats, with lipids. So fats and lipids could be used um, interchangeably. So uh, that, that's also really key to managing function. And all of our cell membranes are surrounded by a lipid layer. So you need fat to protect and build healthy cell membranes. And also um, it aids in absorption of your fat soluble vitamins. So those would be like A, vitamin A, K, E, and D. You can't readily absorb these vitamins without consuming fat. So all of those vitamins are actually really key to take with uh, food, particularly a meal with fat. So if you're taking any of those vitamins, and I know a lot of people are taking vitamin D these days for immune support, uh, it's really important to take that with a meal that, that contains fat. And they, and fat just also makes food taste good, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, you can't, you can't dispel that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, something that fats do for us is they make prostaglandins. And this is something that probably most of the audience has not heard of, unless you've been down the um, nutrition road, you may not have heard this. But so prostaglandins are hormone-like substances that your body needs to basically to manage inflammation. So they're produced with lipids and fat consumption and they occur all over the body. There's not, they're not one place. They're in all body tissues and fluids and they can promote pain reduction, but they can also cause it. So there's prostaglandins that cause inflammation and anti-inflammation. So, um, for example, NSAIDs or like your, um, your anti-inflammatory medications, those are going to block the creation of those prostaglandins that cause the inflammation. Um, but sometimes you need inflammation. Like if you get bruised or banged up, you're going to see, you know, that say you get hit in the knee and it swells up and it gets red that infl inflammation is actually a good thing to an extent. Now, sometimes it, it continues and you can't, you can't control it, but if you have good levels of fats in the body, it actually, you want that inflammation to happen because it's sending blood flow to that damaged area and it's getting, you know, it's helping with the healing process basically. And so these prostaglandins, they regulate that communication within your system. Hey, we need to send some inflammation over here. So we get the blood flow over here and, you know, over here, we want to, we want to calm down the inflammation. So there's, there's those two, well, there's actually three types, but two of them are anti-inflammatory and one is inflammatory. 
And so, you know, too many prostaglandins, they can cause issues like arthritis, but if you don't have enough, then you might get, you know, other issues like glaucoma or stomach ulcers and that sort of thing. So the balance is very important. And so, but one thing that's important though, is if you don't, and I talked about this the last time, if you're not digesting your food, then you're not, you don't, you're not creating the prostaglandins from the fats you're consuming. So proper digestion is key to making sure that you're emulsifying the fats and that they're getting into the cells and you're absorbing them in your body properly. Okay. So that's interesting. Really, yeah. Can I stop you right there real quick? Sure, uh, not yeah. to interrupt you, but just a couple of questions that I had pop into my head. Yeah. Um, I want to get into the proper digestion and how you can, you know, do that optimally. But I wanted to talk about getting those fats, the good fats and getting the correct amount. Like you talked about that balanced amount of fats, but you also talk about inflammation. So I wanted to tie that into each other. Um, mm -hmm. So you talked about getting a bruise, right? Or one example that I can think of is just athletes performing an activity or hard workout, maybe three games in three nights or long. You played a lot of minutes in a game, correct? You wake up the next day, you're sore. So your muscles, that's inflammation, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. So if, as an example, and obviously disclaimer, this is not, we're not, you know, I'm not a medical professional and, and uh, this isn't medical advice. So take this information and use it as you wish. But um, if I'm an athlete, for example, that has played my third game in, in three nights, or I play a lot of minutes, I woke up, I'm sore. What would you suggest someone like myself to be digesting, I guess some good fats and um, what would you recommend be around a range of, of what number that would be, I guess, what would be a good recovery? Um, a good, like a good amount of fats recovery, I guess, is, is a, you understand I'm trying to formulate that question. Yeah. So you're talking about like how many, uh, like what percentage of your diet you would have as fats? Is that what you Correct. mean? Yeah, yeah. Essentially what, what range, um, because I think that, you know, you want to, I've heard of carbo loading before and then, right. you know, I never really was told, Hey, eat a lot of fats after. And maybe that's the case. Maybe that's not, but, but I'm curious if, uh, you know, I guess in talks of recovery and inflammation, what would be the best uh, approach to going about that? Sure. Yeah. So I would point out first of all, like directly after exercise, you don't really want fat. So in order to recover and replace your glycogen stores and to get the protein you need for that muscle recovery, you really want to focus more on protein and carbohydrates purely okay. and really avoid the fat immediately after a hard, you know, when you're really trying to recover that 30 to 60 minutes post workout or game or whatever. Right. So focus on getting adequate protein and carbohydrates first, but in about an hour and a half or two hours after that, you probably are going to feel hungry again, because you, if you like played hard, you're going to be hungry again. Right. So that's when to get your fats in, or even in the morning or prior to the game is getting the fats in prior to, um, because that's going to sustain energy throughout. So, um, in that regard, 20, 28 to 58% of your daily intake of calories should be, should be fat. So depending where you fall on, I mean, it's a pretty big range, right? But I would mm -hmm. say 30 is sort of a, an average, but 
some people who may be eating like maybe a higher carb or sorry, a lower carb, high fat diet might lean towards the 58%. The people who are, you know, kind of right in the middle, they might be in that 30% range. And then your protein would be in that 19 to 35% range. And then your carbohydrates, 22 to 40% of that range of, of your daily intake. So um, I think you can see how that's should be like a pretty big portion of your dietary intake of calories. And so things that, let me go into also, so we talked about the omega threes and sixes, right? But Mm -hmm. you also need omega nines and even some saturated fats. So um, when you're thinking about percentages of those, most of your calories should come from um, those omega nine sources, like 60 percentage, uh, 60% or so uh, monounsaturated fats. And I'll talk about what the, what types of fats those are here in a minute. Um, and then 10% being those omega threes and sixes, and then 30%, believe it or not, <laughs> some people think, oh, saturated fats are bad, but saturated fats are in your meats, you know, a lot of those animal fats, right? So if it's well-sourced um, and that is key um, to getting the most nutrients out of it, getting 30% saturated fats. And I'm talking about like 30% of the, you know, 28 to 58% of fat. So does that make sense? Like when you're talking about, you're going to get 28 to 58% of fats in total. And then of that subset, we're talking about like 30% of that is the saturated fats um, with 10% being the polyunsaturated and 60% the monounsaturated. Okay. So, so some sources that might look like, um, you know, your omega threes are like your fish, you know, your fish oils or fish, just eating salmon or something like that. Um, walnuts, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, um, flax seeds, those sorts of things. And then omega sixes being sunflower oils, um, evening primrose. Some people supplement with that, uh, sesame oil, even peanut oil are omega-6s. And then, and a lot of people, we tend to overconsume omega-6. So you don't really need to make a concerted effort to get the omega-6s in, to be honest, because most people, unfortunately, most people consume 20 to one of omega-6s to omega-3s when really it should be more like a two to one ratio. Mm -hmm. So if you think about, you know, all the vegetable oils that things are fried in and a lot of things are fried in peanut oils and sunflower oils and things like that. Nowadays, um, you're getting a lot of those omega sixes in your diet already. So unless you're making hundred percent of your food, um, and you're not eating packaged food, then, then you might, you know, bring in some sunflower seeds and things like that. But typically you're going to want to focus on consuming more of those omega threes, getting the fish in and some of the wild caught fish and things of that nature. And then your, your omega nines are going to be like extra virgin olive oil and hazelnuts, walnuts, almonds, cashews, most of the nuts and avocado. And then your saturated is going to be more of the um, animal fats like lard and beef tallow, butter, eggs, you know, coconut oil, that sort of thing. Does that make sense? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like, so just to recap, the first grouping that you talked about, was that omega threes, which were the hemp seeds and. Yeah. The omega threes. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, and the omega sixes were all the oils. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I can understand why there's that 20 to one, one ratio, because I feel like those oils are cooked in everything. You eat. I know yeah. I can think in my diet right now that, yeah, okay. It makes sense. I'm trying to be pretty, uh, pretty health conscious of those things, but um, I could see how, yeah, it's, and it's everything you eat. So you don't really need to go out of your way to consume, consume those, but those omega threes, I feel like are a little bit more effort. Um, but I, I think you can add those into smoothies and stuff like that, you know, sprinkling hemp seeds and smoothies. Um, yep. but I'm, I'm happy that you were able to lay that out in, in the different categories and give specific examples, because now it gives people a, you know, when they go to the, to the grocery, you know, aisles and see, okay, I can, I can simply just add these in here and there. And, you think it's this big uh, sort of lifestyle change you have to make, but it's just adding a couple little things into your diet that, that can make a world of difference. Yeah, totally. It doesn't have to be hard, right? So um, sprinkling in it, like you said, smoothies, it's great. Fla you know, adding flax seeds or hemp seeds to those and, and mixing up by, you know, variety is very important into getting different micronutrients. So that's important as well. And I do want to point out, you know, most of the French fries or any fried foods you're getting in a restaurant are going to be fried in vegetable oils that are essentially rancid. If you know what rancid means, it just means that the oil is bad and it's oxidized. And so if you're consuming oxidized oil, that's not going to be healthy for your cells either, right? So just keep in mind that when you're eating out, most of those fried, anything that goes in that fryer <laughs> is going to be already oxidized oils mm -hmm. that is not going to be easy on your body. So anytime you're frying at a high heat and even at home, you know, you know if you're searing meats, I highly recommend searing meats with like a lard or a beef tallow, or even if you want to do it, uh, if you want to do a vegetable based oil, do a coconut oil. You really don't want to hit those omega-3 and omega-6 um, fats with high heat. It degrades them, it breaks them down and oxidizes them and you really don't want to consume them like that. They're very fragile right. oils. Yeah, they uh, produce the radicals, correct? That are yeah. super harmful for you? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I remember at a college roommate told me about that and I had no clue. And then all, all of a sudden I go on Instagram and I saw like it, it popped up like, you know, cooking hacks, like don't cook these uh, oils at X temperature because they produce free radicals and they cause this, this, and this. But that's something, uh, another thing people don't know about that, you know, they have to be mindful of too. But um, no, that's that's awesome. That, that made a lot of sense as well and um, kind of opened my eyes to some things there that I wasn't too aware of. Yeah, and so um, just going back to the prostaglandin uh, and inflammation, Things we talked about things you need for proper prostaglandin formation, one of which being digestion, but also, you know, you need good liver function too. So, because you need to make those enzymatic conversions in the body. And so, you know, you need a healthy liver and you need good enzyme production, um, which needs, which you need vitamins and minerals for the, for the synthesis of those enzymes. So, um, thinking about what you need, you can see why some of these things 
that I'm going to list now inhibit the production of those prostaglandins. We met, I mentioned the NSAIDs earlier, you know, NSAIDs are going to stop that inflammation, which sometimes is good, but sometimes you want to let it inflame for, for a period of time to allow that blood flow there. But alcohol, which can affect liver function is going to be, you know, an inhibitor to prostaglandins. Um, trans fatty acids, which talked about some of the bad facts, you know, uh, trans fatty acids are not good. Steroids will also inhibit it. I mean, that's what steroids do. They prevent the inflammation as well. So, um, and then just stress in general, you know, stress affects so many parts of our body, toxins, any sort of, um, uh, dysregulated blood sugar that's causing inflated insulin levels that can also affect the prostaglandin uh, formation. So those are some things to keep in mind too. Okay. Interesting. And then I want to touch on more, you know, going to the hormone production um, and just how in effect, how big of an effect these fats have on the hormone production um, and just, you know, what they can do harmful and what they can do in a positive way. Yeah, so there, um, there are two major lipid um, or fat-soluble hormones, and those would be your steroid hormones and your thyroid hormones. And so those are pretty big players in the body, right? So steroids are all uh, derived from cholesterol. And so in order to produce those hormones, you have to be consuming those good, those healthy, um, saturated fats even, you need the cholesterol to make the steroid hormones. So that's going to affect your recovery. That's going to affect your performance. And if you are depleted, that's obviously going to affect all those things. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Thyroid is also another big one. So thyroid hormones rely on fats for their conversion as well. And so your thyroid affects all sorts of functions in your body. The the ability to produce ATP, which is energy in your cells. And in order to just regulate, basically energy is the big thing. Like if you have low thyroid function, the biggest complaint people have is typically uh, lack of energy, lack of recovery. Um, you can have issues definitely with muscle recovery if your thyroid is low. So by eating, by getting those fats in, you're supporting that system as well. Okay. Interesting. Wow. That's awesome. That's a load of information. And then I wanted to, you mentioned something earlier and we brought it up in the previous episode that I wanted to bring up again, and that's the mindful eating and sort of, I guess, tying in a bit of like a, a meditation practice, if you want to call it in with your eating. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that, that came to mind was the taking a deep breath in breathing out before you have your meal and getting absolutely present with your meal. And some people might think and say, Oh, what does that matter? I'm just going to sit and eat and just devour my food, which, okay. If you want to go ahead and do that, that's totally fine. But I thought it was pretty powerful when you talked about how um, you are able to digest nutrients more. Um, you're able to be more, more present with your food, which actually does have health benefits. And you're able to like I said, get more nutrients out of it and really get the full effects of that meal that you are about to eat. Um, so I think it's an important thing to talk about. I think it ties everything in. Um, I think if you want to, you know, if you want to go in all in on this stuff and, and really get the most out of your life and be healthy, I think, um, you know, adding something like that in and be more mindful could be, you know, 
a benefit along with, you know, be more mindful of your fats and how you eat. So if you can just kind of touch on that a bit and talk about how that ties into, uh, into all this. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we talked before a little bit about the parasympathetic state. So that means yep. you're in a relaxed state. So mm-hmm. if uh, you sit down, you're rust, you're uh, kids screaming and you you know, the dog's barking and you're watching TV and checking things on your phone, you're not going to be in a parasympathetic state. You're going to be mm-hmm. in a stressed state. And when you're in a stressed state, that's going to spike stress hormones, including cortisol, uh, epinephrine, you know, those stress hormones basically turn off those, those automatic digestive processes, including releasing those digestive enzymes that your body needs for breaking down your food, for emulsifying the fats you're consuming, um, for creating even uh, stomach acid, which stomach acid plays a really important role in breaking down proteins specifically. So if you're not in that relaxed state, these processes are like turned off. They're like, your body's like, I don't need to do that. I need, I have a lot of other stuff going on. Digestion is not the first thing I need to do to survive. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's looking for the danger response and it's, it's, it's in a heightened uh, state of awareness. So it's not doing those important digestive functions. So the thing I always recommend to clients is when you sit down in front of your food, digestion actually starts in the brain. So when you start thinking about your food, that's, that's why like preparing your own food is actually part of the digestive process. You're smelling it, you're thinking about it before you even consume it. You're, you've already started digesting it and you didn't realize it, right? But say you just get food set in front of you. If it, at least you take three deep breaths as you sit there and you're going to smell the food. So those salivary glands are going to start. You're going to, um, your brain's going to get in a relaxed state because of the, the deep breath. So that parasympathetic state is going to connect to that, to the gut. So your vagus nerve, which runs from your gut to your brain is going to, help your that connect that mind relaxed mind to a relaxed gut basically and so that's going to allow you to get into that parasympathetic state pretty quickly and then as you said like if you can eat without distractions and take small bites I even recommend putting your fork down in between bites so that can be a, a hard thing to do for some people but take a bite put your fork down take time chewing If you can chew 20 to 30 times, that would be ideal. That's also something we're not used to doing, but just really taking time and being mindful around the meals is the best way to really improve that digestion. Awesome. Oh, that's, that's great. And that's, um, you know, this has been fantastic to have you on here again and and talk about all these things and dive into this. Um, I'm definitely going to be going through this again and taking notes on all of it and uh, giving another listen for sure. So um, again, I really appreciate it. And one final thing, actually. So since our last episode, you dropped the fact on here about the amount of chemicals produced in your gut um, compared to your brain. And I mentioned it, I want to say six times on other episodes. And I've gone back on two different ones. I think I said dopamine once. I said serotonin in the other. I don't know if you remember the exact statistic, but I, I kept saying it up. I got, I got to ask Jamie which it is. I've been saying on the episodes, I'm like, I keep messing this up. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a, 
put the end to it right now. If you can repeat what that is, because I it was mind blowing to me when I first heard it, and I've been saying it ever since. But which chemical is produced more in your gut than it is in your brain? Serotonin. There's serotonin. more serotonin okay. in your gut, <laughs> produced in the gut, than in your brain. Yes. Okay. okay. And I think it is like ninety. I want to say eighty to ninety percent. I mean, I don't don't remember the exact percentage, but it's very high. Okay. Yes, because I remember hearing it, and I was just, I was like, really? Because that was when I kind of realized that there's that there are more chemicals produced in your gut than your brain and how people think that you know all these chemicals fire in your brain but you know I was learning, I was like just new to learning about the vagus nerve and and how you know food and digestion have like such an impact and then I'm like sitting here thinking about my diet and I'm like yeah I probably no wonder I feel like crap I'm eating terribly and I think it's like I think just like you know simply just meditating is going to help or you know be more mindful about things going to help but it's like you know yeah well you can't just do that and eat terribly as well so I um I remember hearing that and it was a uh you know it was um I guess I like I said mind-blowing to me or really opened my eyes to it so I wanted to get get it straight here get the record straight yeah yeah you got it it's serotonin and um that's where some of the you know deep dive on the the GI map tests that I that I do offer in my my bigger package can be so beneficial because you can find out what bacteria and there's certain bacteria that can cause particular issues for, for different neurotransmitter production. And so that's a really quick way to get that bio-individual approach for somebody who's really struggling and get results really fast because you can really target the specific bacterial strains that are causing the problems for you yeah perfect well that's awesome um yeah no this is great this is a great episode i don't want to take up too much of your time here but uh again i really do appreciate your time and you coming on here to talk about this stuff and um like i reiterated before like like i said before i want to reiterate that i'm excited to have you on the team here and be offering your services and helping people you know on their on their health journey so thank you again yes thanks for all that you do i appreciate you